What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 4Plot Podcast. My name is Will. Tonight, we got a little one-on-one time going on with me and my friend, Eric. What's up, Eric? What's up, Will? Man, you know how much I wish we could do this in person, but, yeah. you know, me you're too. in Florida, I'm in Texas. Hey. It's just not made for each other. I- <laughs> We have to, and you know what sucks is is I come to Texas often because my wife's family's in Texas. We fly into Dallas all the time. Uh, you come here because your family lives here in Tampa. We always seem to miss each other every single time. Almost, it's it's uh, it's depressing. It's depressing. Let's put it this way: we've seen each other more in an airport than we have in yes. the city we live in. Yeah. So funny story. Eric and I, I was flying out of Dallas and uh, I was sharing flight information with Eric. I'm like, hey man, I'll be in town, you know, just for a little bit for like a quick thing if you want to get together. And we started comparing flights and we were on the same flight and met each other in the airport uh, coming to Tampa, which just, which just made the holidays, man. It made the holidays. Filled my heart with glee. Absolutely. Same, same here. We got a lot to talk about tonight between the two of us. Uh, as of right now, I just got out of a showing of Batman, so we're going to talk about the Batman a little bit, as prefaced by the uh, intro music, which was from the Batman uh, 89 Batman game on NES. Uh, that's the cutscene. The theme music is eh. The cutscene music is is excellent. That's a, I rented that game when I was a kid, and, and when I think about the Batman game, all I think about is the opening cutscene where, if you had not seen it, look it up on YouTube. It's like an 8-bit version of the Batmobile. Uh, firing bullets and like taking down the uh, the the metal door that goes into uh, the ac- uh, Ace Chemical. Sorry, I have a dog now, and my dog is like crying over here. So if you hear uh, some strange sounds, it's just my dog mad because they're now in the uh, the playpen that we have for the little the little puppy Penny that we now have. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna talk about Batman. We're gonna talk about Game Pass. Some games coming to Game Pass, and of course we're gonna play video game twenty questions. But let's start out. With Eric, what have you been playing recently, man? I know you've been on the road a lot, so uh, you haven't been playing a ton. But when you have had the chance to sit down, what have you been doing? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Just last week alone, like you said, I live in Dallas. I spent a grand total of about 12 hours in the city of Dallas last week. Whoa. Yeah, not great for, well, really anything. But I got to spend (laughs) some time uh, uh, with my friends over the weekend in Nashville. That was all good. But when when I do have time to sit down and play video games... I mentioned last week the cyberpunk optimization update mm. has been absolutely fantastic. I'm hearing a lot of great things about that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you know what we started getting into only, you know, a year after it became super popular is we played Among Us not that long ago. We, we did. man. That it. was a lot of fun. That was a yeah. ton. Of, we need, I just forgot. It. We need to play that again. Yeah, that was that, like five or six of us. Imagine if we yeah. could get a whole crew doing that. We would, would be, be at awesome. each other's throats, and it'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, Among Us was a, a ton of fun. Um, I've been playing, uh, what did I play recently? I started diving into it. Uh, oh, I got back into Destiny. Don't kill me, Eric. Uh, I got back into Destiny with Trevor and those guys. Uh, you've been gone, right? So I haven't had a, I haven't had a I'm partner. I'm more disappointed than angry, I know. but it's okay. I know. I understand. I got, I got back into Destiny, and it's it's been okay. I mean, I feel like I'm reaching now. The, the campaign is actually, we talked about it last week on the podcast, but the campaign's actually pretty good. Um, and it's been, uh, they have a legendary mode now, so that's kept me busy. I haven't been able to, like, burn through it. So uh, that's been fun playing with the guys, but I feel like once I reach the end of the campaign, I will hit that that uh, destiny wall where I yeah. will I will say, okay, cool, 
the level the light cap is like 1520 i think i'm at 1505 right now and that's just with the regular old gear i hadn't got anything special and i know that grind from 1505 to 1520 will be uh something special so uh you mean you're not excited to play the nightfall and the strikes no. and the raid three no, times no. a week every single no. week and Unle- schedule your life out around destiny 2 no unless something has changed uh I- i'm not excited about that so uh yeah, I, I, I will not be diving in further to that. But uh, I am excited to talk about the Game Pass topic because there's a game on there that I want to play, um, or I, 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 I have been playing, and I want to talk more about it. But in true uh, fashion of what we talked about when we started the podcast, you ready to just get right into this thing? Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. My dog is just going nuts over here. Dog, be quiet. That works every time, right? Just yell, dog, be quiet. That, that that's uh that's, that, wor- hey, that work- <laughs> keep that in mind for when you have kids too child child silence. be quiet silence child uh, boy yeah. that's how my parents talk to me my, my yeah my my mom was essentially kratos so uh that's uh that's, what a weird upbringing <laughs> it explains a yeah. lot about you though boy uh yeah doesn't it you all know my mother was a complicated man <laughs> my mother was a very complicated man that that <laughs> <laughs> oh god there's so much to unpack there anyway okay let's talk about the batman uh so i went to see the batman with trevor just now uh we got back uh he had to go straight to his D game um so i'm gonna give a quick review of the movie uh i gotta tell you i really liked it eric i'm not just spoiler free okay because i know you're gonna want to see it i know you're gonna watch Thank it you. i'm gonna make this very quick uh Batman is awesome. It is absolutely worth the hype that everybody's given it. Robert Pattinson might be my new favorite Batman uh, for many reasons. Uh, A few things to look out for when you watch it. The opening speech that Batman makes uh, is really good. Trevor and I both, it's like really good. It talks about a little bit about how, you know, I don't have to be everywhere. I just need need to use fear in a way that makes people think I'm everywhere. Um, So that's really cool. That that was an awesome... uh, Awesome bit, and uh, yeah, I think it's a really great, almost like a detective movie more than an action movie, but when action's there, it's really, really good. My one critique would be, I think the movie could have ended earlier. Uh, I think there was a scene at the end uh, that is the classic, you know, action scene at the end where you have to save the world or save the city or whatever, Um, but in this movie, it almost felt unnecessary. Because uh, the detective part was so good, I could have just dealt with it being kind of a film noir uh, detective movie. And uh, but anyway, so so I, I would encourage everyone to go see it. It's absolutely worth the tens and the masterpiece ratings. It's getting everywhere. It's very very good. Probably one of the best Batman films in a while. Did not t- uh, thank you, Penny. Uh, thank you, Penny. Uh, thank you, Penny. Did not top the Dark Knight uh, for me, but it topped all the other ones. I think uh, eighty nine Batman will always hold a special place in my heart because I mean, come on, that's just Michael Keaton. I don't even put that in the in the uh, in the running uh, to be beaten. But I, I thought it would beat Dark Knight. It did not quite beat Dark Knight for me, but it's still very very good, and I'm excited to see where they take the uh, the franchise next. So let me ask you, uh, and it's always going to end up coming back to this since there's been how many Batmans now? You yeah. said Robert Pattinson might be your favorite Batman. Is he your favorite Bruce Wayne, though? Uh, not a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie. There's really? Re- there's really not a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie, which is which is a breath of fresh air, I think, for a lot of Batman fans because the last – well, I mean, I, I, don't, I have a hard time counting the Ben Affleck movies. I said that last week because there's not, like, straight Batman movie. He was involved in Superman or the Justice League. 
But uh, but yeah, very, very few moments of Bruce Wayne. And when he is playing Bruce Wayne, it's really interesting the way they play him. Uh, he's younger. And th- there's a theme going on throughout the movie about him coming to terms with who he is as Batman. Is he the... Uh, and it's a very underlying theme. I didn't even really grasp it until I left the theater and started thinking, well, why did they say that and why did they do this? And I think what they're trying to deal with is is him realizing, hey, it's not about me being a, uh, you know, a, a vigilante full of vengeance and like beating the crap out of people because I'm angry. It's more about me serving my city and being a beacon of hope and a hero. Um, it's like that growing up tale a little bit, I think, of him. So when he plays Bruce Wayne, he's a very brooding, quiet, like depressed. He's like an emo kid. You know, he doesn't talk to anyone. Um, he's not like the socialite of, let's say, Michael Keaton or Christian Bale's Batman. Um, he, he's very much a, uh, you know, quiet, reserved, emo Bruce Wayne. He's pretty much what you thought the kid in high school would become Batman. Yes, he's sitting absolutely. in the corner. He's got his, uh, his collar is popped way up here like this, and it's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was he wearing eyeliner or anything like that? Oh yeah. I well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's got to wipe off the eyeliner from the suit, so a little bit's I'm sure left over. Uh, but, but yeah, right I mean, before it's, his uh, My Chemical Romance concert. Exactly. No, it, it, this it, this movie, a lot of it looked like it could be a My Chemical Romance video. So uh, it's, uh, but it was really good, man. It had dark, gritty. I love the fact they didn't use New York uh, for Gotham. Uh, I don't know where they shot. Where, where, where I, I, there's these accents where? coming out in me every podcast now. I don't know where they shot it at. Uh, but but it didn't look like New York. It could have possibly been like a, like a, a Chicago situation. I don't know. I need to look it up. But but it looked really unique. It didn't look like oh hey Gotham City is New York. Um, so I thought that was that was pretty good. You know, um, it's well documented. You are our resident Batman expert slash fan. I am definitely the biggest one that I know. I'm just curious. Where did this all begin? For what was your first? piece of batman media that you consume <laughs> oh, was man, it comics great. was it tv show movie what, that's, what a, dude, that's a great question so i have behind me i wish we were doing a video podcast and i would show you i have behind me the vhs tape of uh batman 89 batman i found it at a flea market a while back it was sealed and i think it's still sealed uh maybe i took the wrapper nope no it's still sealed uh anyway um, but my, so when I was a kid, I used to, my parents had a set of friends I used to hang out with and they all had kids of the same age and I used to go hang out at, at their, their house during the day. And I, when I say hang out, I mean, my mom would drop me off cause I was like four. Uh, and we would, you know, we had a babysitter that would keep us. Well, their parents had a giant VHS collection, which included things like, uh, uh, who framed Roger rabbit, which we would watch a lot as four year olds, which was horrifying. Um, and then uh, there's parts in Roger Rabbit that are, are scary for kids of a young age. Uh, and like, uh, Jessica Rabbit in and of and herself. Jessica Probably Rabbit in and, under the age in and of herself. That would explain a lot that's wrong with me. Uh, and then uh, they had things like RoboCop laying around, also another great movie for kids. Mm. Uh, but the, the box art that grabbed me the most was Batman. And if you've seen... Uh, I'm just going to get it to show you, Eric. Have you seen the, the box art for 89 Batman, the, the VHS tape? If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's simplistic, yes. but it's iconic. It's just a black box with the uh, golden and like orangish-looking Batman symbol on it. There's no words. Yep. It's just the symbol. And it stuck out to me. Uh, and then my parents started buying me toys, I guess, because I was talking about Batman. And, and we used to watch the VHS tape as a kid over at their house. Uh, and that was really it. I think 89 Batman, probably why I love it so much, is my first Batman media. 
what really threw me into the depths of Batman was the animated series. Uh, I used to watch it on Fox as a kid, and uh, yeah, that that was. And then from there, I mean, I, every movie that would come out, I would just you know, because when you're when you're a kid and you're into something, your parents are like, oh hey, there's a new Batman movie coming out. They buy you Batman toys, and I had all the toys, and so all the movies, and uh, except Batman Returns, I don't think I saw that one until I was an adult because that one's a. Uh, that was a, was a weird one. That was a wee bit dark, but like Forever and Batman and Robin. That's why there's a special place in my heart for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. While they are not, um, you know, what people consider good Batman movies, they, they did their job. They sold toys, and they're actually movies you can let your kids watch Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, especially Batman and Robin. I mean, that movie's, that movie's pretty wholesome overall, minus, you know, Poison Ivy and, and the very uh, well, 90s was very sexualized. Like Jessica Rabbit, everything we're talking about, everything is very sexualized. Everything was a whole lot goofier back then as well. Yes. That's what superhero movies were. That's why the characters were over the top. Can you imagine any, whether it be the Marvel Cinematic Universe or DC Universe, any? can you picture them putting Danny DeVito or no. Arnold Schwarzenegger in any sort of serious role for their movies no. today? Of course not. No, not at all. But I mean, but that's the that's the fun of it, right? I mean, like, and what's, you know what's crazy? You just said Danny DeVito, and I'm like, wait, was Danny DeVito? I'm like, oh, he's the Penguin. He was yeah. so good as the Penguin. You lose... And, and hey, you know what? Just as an aside here, you you kind of lose Danny DeVito in the Penguin. Like when I think of Batman Returns, I think of like, hey, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton. I do not think Danny DeVito because the Penguin is done so well that you just lose him in that role. Hey, same with Colin Farrell in this new movie. Uh, Colin really? Farrell's Penguin is excellent. Like you, if if you didn't know that was Colin Farrell before you went in the movie, you'd have no idea. Uh, that that he was playing the penguin. It was that good. It was really really good, and I like the way they did it. So, All right. well, you're giving me some good stuff to look forward to. I am very excited to see that movie. Yeah, man, it's it's got interesting like tone. I mean, they they actually play. I know it's in the trailer, but in the movie they play the Nirvana song. Uh, um, Something's in the way. Uh, it, it's it's really good, man. Dude, Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon. Just nails oh. it. So yeah, all in all, I feel like great movie. Uh, could have we went on a little long, which brings us to our first topic, which is movies, right? You got movies that are three hours long, like this one. Let me ask you a question: Do you feel like that helps a movie by being able to tell a story, or do you feel like that hurts a movie by letting it drag on too long? Because I really do feel like this movie would have benefited a ton from, let's say, thirty minutes less and wrapping up the story um, a little bit sooner. So. What are your thoughts on three-hour movies? We got movies like, you know, Who Do It Well, Titanic, Avengers Endgame. Thought they did that pretty well, right? Uh, then you got movies like Pearl Harbor. It's three hours long, right? Is, is it worth it? Does it tell a story? What, what, what do you think? What, what's, your, what's your hot take, Eric? You know, I have noticed two major differences uh, over the course of my lifetime as it pertains to, let's say, consuming long media such as this. The first one is, how we consume it. So we're no longer locked into going to the movie theater anymore. Now, granted, if you wanted to wait long enough back, even, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you wait for the DVD to come out, whatever. It was still a bit of an experience. But for the most part now, we're getting movie releases on HBO Max, Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Uh, We have the option to sit on our couch and consume long form media. Mm. Number two, attention spans have gone way down way down yeah way down and it's all because of this thing right here the smartphone says we are now multitasking at every second of every day so all of that to say the gap that a three-hour film has the potential to fill 
is a complex and compelling story. Mm -hmm. If it's not that, and you're just giving me three hours of action, I'm probably not going to be nearly in tune with that as I am, say, something that's actually going to grab my attention and make me focus on that, immerse me in the story versus, oh, that's just another thing where it's three hours long or whatever. From the sounds of it, the way you're describing Batman is the latter of the categories. Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. going to draw me into the story. And, and it really does. Invested. It really does. I mean, the st- it, it sucks you in, keeps you there on the edge of your seat the whole time. Trevor and I both agreed there's one part, and it's like with 20 minutes left in the movie that it started to lose my attention because I was like, okay, this is now shifted to like a different movie almost. And I get it. You have to have the big action sequence at the end. But I don't think this movie needed it. I think this movie could have been detective film noir, like I said, and been fine. So you bring a really good point about attention spans and about, because I, I'll tell you, it's really hard for me to sit down and watch a three-hour movie at my house, right, on TV, like streaming a movie. Like, let's let's take, like, The Irishman, right, Martin Scorsese's movie that came out. Um, you know, love that type of movie, love gangster movies. I love Joe Pesci. I love Robert De Niro. I've yet to watch that movie because it's a big commitment, as crazy as it sounds, to sit on my couch for three hours and watch a movie. If that movie was in the theater, for me, different story. Because I've made plans, I got in my car, I drove here, I intentionally am here to watch this movie, right? And so now it's interesting because it's really hard for me to sit on my couch and just be like, oh, I'm going to burn three hours when I'm thinking I could cut the grass, I could be playing video games, I could be doing whatever. But hour-long episodes of TV shows, 48-minute-long episodes of a streaming thing, I'm down with. So tell me a little bit about that. What, what do you, where, where do you think there's benefits to, stri- to you know, taking something like, let's say, like Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye was on Disney+. Plus. Probably could have been a movie they did. But they broke it down. They did different episodic things. Book of Boba Fett, different things in the Star Wars universe. Where, where does that come in um, and help out with this attention span that we have? That is actually a really, really good question. At least when I think about um, consuming media from a streaming platform, uh, I have the option to not do that. And by that, I mean I can, in the middle of a movie, I can hit pause. I can go use the restroom. I can go make myself some dinner. I can make myself a drink. I can do a variety of things with my time, all the while knowing that I'm not actually missing anything while I'm streaming right? because I have the ability to just press pause, something right. that you don't get in a movie theater. And so mm-hmm. from that aspect, you almost have to treat a three-hour film as an event, something yes. you prepare yourself for. Oh, yeah. But to the point of episodic uh, storytelling and stuff like that, let me just ask you, would you have gone to see a two-hour-long Boba Fett movie? Hmm. Probably not. Uh, yeah. No, probably not. Yeah, or, or like the Mandalorian. If the if like you know, if it was a Star Wars property, but then you've seen him do stuff like that with Rogue One. I mean, Rogue One is is possibly one of the greater Star Wars movies. But I agree with you. I wouldn't have gone to see Boba Fett. And that really keys in on the point to, at the very least, when you have these unknown quantities that are really hitting it big on streaming services, and you can jump back to Disney Plus and say WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, all of these MCU properties that have come out of the the proper movies, it's not that they don't have a compelling story to tell. It's that their stories need to be explored and expanded in a longer time span than a typical film will. You're not going to get me to care about Boba Fett in a two-hour film. 
You're just very not. true. I know who he is. He has four lines of dialogue <laughs> in the entire <laughs> and the rest of everything. Like he's he's popular just because what he's got notoriety. He was right. a silent bounty hunter. It's really hard to figure out why Boba Fett became so popular. Right. But if you give me two hours to flesh out his backstory to figure out how he made it out of the Sarlacc pit and to give him some kind of significant story arc that it's headed somewhere, there's no way that you're going to A, fit that into two hours and B, keep me interested long enough to do it. So if you parse that out over however many episodes, give me 30 to 45 minutes at a time, it gives me little bits and pieces along the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And it gives me something to look forward to for the weeks on end instead of locking me into a giant time commitment. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I I love what you said there. I think it, it gives you a really chance to really a chance to build out some of those characters when you have things like Hawkeye is another great example of that, actually, where you're like, hey, would I have cared to see a Hawkeye movie? Probably not. Right. Um, but but I can get sucked into a TV series. Disney's been really, really, really smart with that um, yes. and, and done a really good job of, of, of creating those series and saying, hey, listen, these are side stories. They probably wouldn't make a ton at the box office. Don't know if like it'd take a lot to get people interested. Let's do a TV show, right? And people can watch it at their leisure and and release it week to week. And I think that's, I think that's excellent. Is there a movie you can think of, right? Because I think because I was going to ask you, is there a movie you can think of that three hours was too long and it draw it drew on and it was just a, a, a bear, um, you know? But I think what's interesting, I was going to say two movies I was going to pick out. I, I, I thought to myself, okay, their movies at the middle is really, really just drags on, but the endings they nail, right? And I think in a three-hour movie, if you in, if you just nail the ending, um, then it gives you a little bit of like, okay, that was worth it to get to like this. And see, that's where I feel like the Batman drops the ball because the ending's not nailed, right? The ending is like, eh, right? So I'm like, I could have ended that a little bit earlier, but the two movies I was going to name, and now I got to retract... Uh, would be number one, The Dark Knight Rises, right? The Dark Knight Rises, and I don't think that's three hours, but I'm just using an example of a very long movie. I need to look up the runtime on it. Um, You're just trudging through that thing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a movie... Then I'm like, oh man, like this is this is yeah. The 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 Dark Knight Rises is. Let's see the runtime: two hours and forty five minutes, so close. Okay, um, and uh, so, but it's just a movie that, like, I, I don't look, I don't remember watching it being like, oh, I was really drawn in by the story. I remember being like, God, this is a, this is a chore to get through. You know what I'm saying? And but, but the ending was just nailed, right? I thought they did such a good job with it. So, is there a movie like that that you can think of that uh, that that just drug on too long? You know what? End of the day, movies are a medium to tell stories and stories have to have natural ebbs and flows to them and so if you stick on the same note for far too long whether Mm -hmm. it's low action sequence high action sequence whatever eventually you're going to lose people along the way because you need that variation in it i think the the three hour movies that do it well just like the hour and a half movies that do it well they don't have that problem with pacing right and i was actually going to say that exact thing about uh dark knight rises is you have a long chunk in the middle where we're just building and building and building mm-hmm. but we're not actually it doesn't feel like we're going anywhere right right because the batman series or christian bale's batman series has been built on sporadic action yeah. throughout the whole saga yep. and now all of a sudden you're asking us to wait a significant amount of time between when bane breaks batman's back mm-hmm. and batman finally comes back to gotham that had right. to be at least an hour it's that, a long no, time Pe- it's not not good pacing people say all the time it's the batman movie with no batman 
in the trilogy, it works really well, right? When you have the beginning, middle, and end of a trilogy, I think that movie works excellent. It's the redemption story. It's all great. Um, yeah, but but the middle of that, of that story kind of kind of drags. I was actually going to say, in this movie, surprisingly, I thought this was a three-hour movie. It's a two-hour, 20-minute movie. I was going to say Star Wars Episode Three, um, because uh, for me, that's a movie that... I don't remember a lot of the middle, right? Revenge of the Sith. Um, aside, but, but from the time that it picks up at the end, I think Act Three of that movie is really good, right? The, from the time Anakin kind of goes to the dark side, um, everything leading up to that is just kind of like, oh, once Order sixty six and all that kind of stuff comes through, it starts getting. But leading up to it, I'm like, Man, this movie's kind of boring. Um, but no, there was a Bond movie that I can't think of the title right now, but it, no. it Expl- felt that describe, exact same describe, way. Describe the movie. I'll tell you what the title. I'll tell you what it was. Uh, <laughs> is it Quantum of Solace? Quantum of Solace uh, is is a uh, no. This would have either been a Roger Moore or mm. a Sean Connery um, Bond film, and for the life of me, again, I can't think of what the title was. But it it was suffered from that same. No, yeah. actually, you know what it was. I remember it was the Timothy Dalton one. Oh yeah. Um. Where he's uh, dealing with a drug dealer or whatnot? Oh yeah, the 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 Miami Vice James Bond movie. It's yeah. it's uh, it's um oh shoot now I'm, I'm like I gotta look it up. It's uh there's a view a view to a kill is uh is a, the last Roger Moore one. Um, this is because he's got it's license license, license to, kill. to kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And license to kill suffered from that exact same thing. It was heavy action on the front end. And then it was like an hour and a half of Bond getting to know this cartel drug lord, and then we don't get another significant action sequence until the very, very end when it all crescendos. That dragged on for far too long. I love me some James Bond, but that one... Oof. Yeah, I actually do. We, we need to. We need to do a James Bond podcast. I love Bond. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at these movies, thinking I need to watch them all again. Uh, I actually do like License to Kill, but let me tell you why. Here's the only reason. Oh, I like, good. Here's I'm the only reason I like License to Kill. It's because I'm also a massive fan of Miami Vice, and so License to Kill was literally the James Bond universe's answer. Like, oh, we can do Miami Vice. It takes place in Miami. There's a drug lord. What's really cool about License to Kill is it takes its story maybe from the book of the same name. I need to go back and look. But License to Kill takes story cues from another Bond book. Um, so if you didn't know, uh, for listeners out there, the the Bond movies are all uh, loosely, very loosely, except for a few, based on Ian Fleming's novels uh, or novellas. They're little short story books. Um, but License to Kill has a lot of things from another Bond book, not called License to Kill, but the really cool part, the shark scene where they lower the dude into the water yeah. and uh, and he gets Felix Leiter. Um, that happens not to Felix Leiter, but to another character in a Bond book, uh, same way, but it takes place in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, ah. I think it's actually Live and Let Die, now that I'm thinking about it. Live and Let Die is, is, uh, is the book. Um, yeah, so as you can see, those movies take the titles and part of the story, but not, not verbatim. Until you get to Casino Royale, uh, which is pretty much the book. Uh, Casino Royale follows the book pretty closely. Well, they were due for one after 20-something films. After 20-something, yeah. And Dr. No. Dr. No is very, very close. And From Russia With Love is close-ish. And then On Her Majesty's Secret Service is very close to the book. I, On Her Majesty's Secret Service might be the closest one. That's George Lazenby one. That's the one that yeah, he did. That was his only one, right? Yeah. Anyway, I, I, he was his only one. I'm not going to get it. Listen, we'll do a whole other Bond thing because I'm a huge Bond nut, and I, I would love to, love to talk about that. Um Anyway, well, I think we've established three-hour movies, great, as long as you do two things. You tell a great story, a compelling story that draws you in, and you nail the ending, right? Um, I think 
Everyone should go see The Batman. Um, fantastic movie. Great acting. Robert Pattinson might be my favorite Batman. I think he fills out the suit really, really well. And uh, really, 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 really exceeded my expectations. So uh, that's it. Anything else there before we move on? No, very much looking forward to seeing this one. I'm sure I will be talking your ear off about it as soon as I do. Can't wait. All right, let's start talking about Game Pass. Okay, Game Pass, uh, they just announced the March games and Game Pass. I'm going to pull it up so we can have it. Uh, and because of a lot of them, there's one on here that I know is really funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a game on here. Let's see. Here's your list of Game Pass games coming in March. You ready for this? Uh, Far, Changing Tides, March 1st. No idea what that is. Microsoft Flight Simulator comes to cloud gaming. Uh, if you don't know, in the Xbox uh, Game Pass, uh, there are games that are cloud games. You don't have to install them. That's huge for Flight Simulator because that's a giant game that eats up a lot of hard drive space. So now that it's coming to cloud, that's a big deal. Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy XIII. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero, I have no idea what that is. Young Souls, still no idea what that is. And then the two that I love, uh, Lawn Mowing Simulator comes out on March 10th. Lawn Mowing Simulator. If you would have looked at us oh as a kid and said, hey guys, guess what? Uh, I know you're playing your Super Nintendo now, okay, on a Saturday when your dad's asking you to go cut grass, but later when you're an adult and you're 35 years old, they're going to be the next-gen gaming consoles. You're going to be able to play Lawn Mowing Simulator. Dear God. I'm going to kick I, my older self in the groin and I, ask why I'm not playing Street Fighter. <laughs> I haven't played any of the simulator games. Like Ryan Miller, our friend, loves Farming Simulator. He loves that game. Uh, and this is by the same people. Uh, so they have a simulator for everything. But really what I want to get on and I want to rant about for just a second, they're releasing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy on March 10th to Game Pass. Now, look, that's a good thing for a lot of people, for a lot of people. But let me tell you why that really grinds my gears. I bought Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Mm. I purchased it. Now, I did buy it on sale, so I didn't pay full price. I only paid like $35.99 for it. But a lot of people bought that game at $59.99, and it came out. Let me look at the release date here, because this is what's frustrating, right? Um, uh, it came out not too long ago, and I think my beef is, is like, you know, when you, when you release games like this, and you say, hey, it came out October 26th, okay? So it came out Q4 of last year. We're in Q1, and now it's on Game Pass. That's awesome, except for the fact, is that now beginning to hurt game sales? Because you can just say, like, hey, because I, I really, I, I, I had the fear when I bought this game, because Avengers uh, came, Marvel's Avengers came to Game Pass, and I was like, oh, I bet Guardians of the Galaxy comes, but I bet it'll be a long time, uh, so let me just go ahead and buy the game. Well, I could have saved myself $35 if I just waited, what, six months? October to March? Six months? Um, that's crazy to me, right? Uh, do, do, you, do you like that strategy? Do you personally feel like, oh, man, that's what Game Pass is for? I just hold out on games like that, and will you just have a spending problem? Or uh, <laughs> you know, or do you think that hurts sales where it's just like, hey, I'm not going to buy Guardians of the Galaxy. That's definitely going to be on Game Pass. Uh, well, you do have a spending problem, but I'm actually going to agree with you on this one here. <laughs> Look, man, I've been around for your microtransactions and all the things like that's fifteen dollars. Hey, 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 I hey, need hey, it. Hey, hey, my uh, wife, hey, my wife listens to this podcast, man. Let's just uh, let's, let's calm like down. Like she doesn't know. <laughs> um, Look, man, I I love Game Pass. I truly do because it's given me this massive game library that I never would have had. I tend to be a naturally 
fiscally conservative person. So mm-hmm. unless I'm really into a game, I'm not going to buy it, not going to pre-order it. Right. I need to know that it's going to be something that I enjoy. With the evolution of Game Pass, I don't know. No, I know exactly when. But the last time I actually bought a game would have been Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Before that, it may have been six months before yeah. I actually bought a game. Yeah. And with that said, it also kind of communicates to me that there's not a whole lot out there that I am so super excited about that I need to spend money on it immediately. Yeah. Now, if there is a plan right out of the gate of this game is going to come to Game Pass three months, six months, yeah. a year down the road, okay, I'll throw up my hands and say, I can wait. I don't need to spend money on it right now. Yeah. But if it's kind of an unknown quantity at that point and you say this, I could see this game coming on Game Pass at some point, but I'm mm-hmm. not certain that it's going to be a thing. Right. Then, yeah, I think I would be a little bit peeved if I'm spending money on it and then everybody gets it for yeah. free in the end. And you know what's interesting, too? I think for single-player games, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a smart move for them, right? It's a smart move, and let me tell you why. Um, it, it, it exposes more people to the game. They're probably not going to go buy the game, right? So so let's take a multiplayer game, right? If, if they released Halo Infinite on Game Pass, the multiplayer. <clears throat> Excuse me. They release Halo Infinite. They let people play it. And four months later, they won't do this because Microsoft owns it, but let's just use it for an example. Four months later, five months later, like, hey, guys, Halo Infinite's leaving Game Pass next month. You actually might get people who are hooked enough to go buy that game, right? I would go buy that game, right? If, if Halo Infinite was leaving, I would go buy the game. Um, let's say Rainbow Six is an example of that. Rainbow Six they put on Game Pass. A lot of people start playing it. If Ubisoft's like, hey, we're pulling it, and people have caught the bug like you and I did years ago, and we're like, oh, we got to play Rainbow Six, you'll go buy that game. Um, and then what's good for single-player and multiplayer games with Game Pass is even if your game didn't do that well, or if your multiplayer is dying off, or if your game's dying off, you have the chance to let people in the base game for free, air quotes, right? They pay the price for Game Pass. But then you hit them with the DLC. So there's chances that Guardians of the Galaxy is about to release a DLC, and they're like, oh, okay, let's get more people in this ecosystem so we make money on the DLC. Um, because like a single-player game, if Guardians of the Galaxy would have hit hit uh, Game Pass day one, people would have played it, quit it, not come back to it, uh, you know, because you finish those games before they get off Game Pass. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so I get it. It's just, I think for me, it's just the pet peeve of, like, I paid for that game, and now, <laughs> and now I didn't have to pay for that game. But, like, Back for Blood, they released day one, right? Now Back for Blood didn't really scratch the itch like I thought it was going to. Um, but if it had, and they took it off in three months, Destiny did it with Beyond Light. Beyond Light was DLC that was on Game Pass. And I fired up Destiny to go play with my friends, and all of a sudden all my Beyond Light content's gone. I'm like, what's the deal? So they early took it off Game Pass. And so Ryan went and bought it. I didn't buy it. Ryan did. But Ryan went and bought it, and now we both have it. But even then, like, I would have had to buy that, right? That's a, that's a smart play for day one. He's like, oh, I've got it. Anyway, what are, what are your thoughts? We're going to spend a lot of time on this, but just... At the end of the day, these companies are not going to be hurting by their games going on Game Pass. No. You know that there is some kind of pocket deal between Microsoft and any developer that says, we're going to give you X amount of thousands, right. millions of dollars, whatever, for the right to have your property on what is essentially a download streaming service, mm-hmm. something or another, and you're going to get exposure. And exposure has to be the most precious commodity for gaming companies right now, right. because it's an oversaturated market. If you can separate yourself from the pack and just say, look, 
I'm willing to take the hit on however many tens of thousands of $60 sales if it means that people are, number one, playing my game, mm -hmm. and number two, if I have the opportunity to release some DLC, some paid DLC, like yeah. you said, and create a following for future titles in that mm -hmm. same series, they're making a, a brilliant decision oh, yeah. with their money. But it just sucks for the consumer end of it. I That's agree. All. I agree. Well, I won't cry in my, you know, beer any longer here. Um, I am... Uh... <laughs> As old country music would say, I'm not going to crown my beer any longer, but we can move on. But uh, excited. Everybody should play Guardians of the Galaxy. It's actually a pretty fun game. I don't love it yet. I, I quit it, uh, or I, I put it down about two missions in, because I don't I don't quite love it just yet. Uh, but but it gets a lot of love from people who hang on and, and play to the end. Uh, so you should play Guardians of the Galaxy, Eric. It's, it's actually a really great game. I've heard the soundtrack is an absolute banger, so that's probably enough to get me into it. Soundtrack's awesome, and you didn't pay for it like I did, so, no, uh, did you know, enjoy. That brings us to Video Game 20 Questions, where Eric is going to be challenged with just doing this himself. But i got to tell you, out of all the people that we've ever done this game with, I think Eric has the most potential to be able to handle a video game 20 questions all by himself so i'm excited to see how this goes uh this this song by the way i love it uh any idea what game this is from here you know it's a, my it's, it's a deep initial, cut ref uh, my initial thought was one of the earlier Mega Man games but now i'm thinking about it i i'm not sure that's so it. this is a disney game okay disney it is game, the okay. boss battle music from the nes tailspin Oh, that is crazy, a deep cut. Crazy man, I that game was super frustrating, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but but fun. Okay, Eric, let the question begin. You got all nineteen questions and that guess to yourself, my friend. Oh man, you're telling me this is all up to my own. Brain all up tonight? to you, man. Um, all I'm up not to sure you. How this is I think go. I think you can do this. Well, thank you. You have much more faith in me than I have in myself right now. Nah. So let's get to it then. Uh, let's knock out some time frames first. Was this before January first, two thousand? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, would this have been in the, let's say, uh, Nintendo 64 era of consoles? Yes. Oh. <laughs> wow. Was, two, two right out of the gate. Uh, was it on the Nintendo 64 itself? Yes. Ooh. That's three yeses in a row, my dude. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess the no, <laughs> I guess the no is, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I do, yes. All right, so we're talking about a Nintendo franchise here. Uh, was this... Uh, actually, you know what? If it was 64, it probably was console exclusive. So I'm going to pass on that one and go to a fallback question here and say, are any of the characters in this game featured in the Super Smash Brothers series? No. Okay, that makes it a little harder. Uh, what else can I come up with here? Is this a, um, let's say, Nintendo? I, I, I want to. I'm not sure how exactly to phrase this. Is this property owned by Nintendo? Basically, meaning no third-party developer ever touched it. <clears throat> no, that's five. Okay. Is this game part of a series? No. Mm, a standalone standalone game and you said no to the third party question so it was not a nintendo specific no yeah there, there, there was a third party involved uh and then, yeah there's there was a third party involved in this okay 
<clears throat> uh, let me see what I come up with. I guess I got to start nailing down. Actually, no. Let's start with this. Was this a critically acclaimed title? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's popular. I probably should have heard of it. Uh, now we'll start nailing down a genre. Is this a shooter? No. Not a shooter of any kind. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about is this a uh, what was the '64 era most known for? Is this a platformer? No. Okay. Not a shooter. Not a platformer. Uh, is this third person? Um. Yes. Let's. I sense the hesitation in your voice. So let's say, is this primarily third person? And yes. You might have the option to go yes. first person. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. There you go. There you go. I was going to give you like a freebie and be like, well, I'll give you a freebie since you're alone. But yeah, you nailed it. Yes, it, it is a primarily third person game. You have the option to go first person. Okay. And none of this was developed by Nintendo. See, that kind of ruins the whole idea I had of maybe this is a Legend of Zelda title. But then again, that would have been ruined from the onset of it's not in Super Smash Brothers. Right. And you're at 10 right now, so you got nine left. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to need those hints tonight, by the way. I, I think you got this one, man. Really? Okay. Th- you're, on, you're on the right track. All right. Uh, is this a... Ooh, is this a sports game? Hmm. Um, no. Okay. It's not a sports game, but there's enough doubt in your mind to say it might be sports adjacent. Uh, yeah, yeah, sports adjacent is probably a good term, yeah. Okay. Um, has this game, to your knowledge... Mm Mm-hmm been released on the virtual console mm, let me look um so let's t- since since you're alone tonight sure do you want to rephrase your question maybe to be like has this game been released on other platforms later yes i would then yes okay it's been released on other platform other platforms really yeah later uh, other platforms later on mm-hmm. okay um so my thought at that point was maybe it was like star fox 64 but that was never released outside of nintendo uh and also I'm pretty sure it was a nintendo developed game what else could i come up with on that one uh i don't know why f0 jumps into my mind as well but that never went anywhere outside of nintendo platforms um and it's not part of a series, so it would have had to been a remake or a re-release of some kind. Ooh, boy. Uh, and it's not a sports game. It's not a shooter. It's not a platformer. Is this an RPG? No. Okay. <clears throat> not making it easy on me here, Will. You're, you're 13. Remember, sports adjacent, right? That's true. So sports adjacent. So... I'm not going to give any more hints, but the only hints I've given you tonight are sports adjacent, and it was later released on uh, on on other consoles later in its life. Later released on other consoles in its life cycle. Okay, and if it's not part of a series, that kind of removes Perfect Dark, 
because that, well, first of all, it's a shooter, but also it was a series of that. Uh, hmm. What else can I come up with here? Compelling questions to ask. Part of me wants to nail down the time frame even more, but I don't know if that's why since I know what console it's necessarily on. How about, is this a multiplayer game? Either co-op or competitive? Uh, yes. Okay. Multiplayer game. Uh, multiplayer. Did it have both competitive and co-op multiplayer? No. You're at 15. Um, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you your hand. Okay. You need to track down this game's genre. Because I think when you have this game genre, it's going to make it a lot easier for you. And when you think about sports adjacent, right? Okay. What's something that's sports adjacent? Even you could call... Well, I'm not going to give you any more than that. You're at 15. <laughs> sports adjacent. Mm-hmm. So that means we're not talking about any of your typical sports games. So I would venture to say that Mario the, Party... There, there is, is, a, there is a genre that you're missing that is a very well-known genre of game. That is sports adjacent. A very well-known... It is sporty, you might say. Sporty, okay. Ah, man, okay. So let me run through the ones I have in my head. It's not real-time strategy. That's not sporty. That's not shooter of any kind. It's not an RPG. Oh my gosh. What is happening on my screen right now? Man. I hope none of that came through. Oh, no. I mean, I heard a little bit, but I couldn't tell exactly what it was. Okay. Well, it was very loud in my ear. Oh, well. Wow. Um, it's not platformer. I. It wouldn't be survival horror. It wouldn't be action adventure. Uh, it leads me to believe that it's either... Uh, okay. How about this? Does it fit into either of these genres? Okay. Either puzzle... Or party game? No. Oh my gosh! What are you doing to me? All right. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the hint. Okay. okay. The hint's gonna be the genre. It's okay. a racing game. Okay. See, I. All right. That's a difference of opinion. I would consider racing. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of racing now, doesn't it? Hmm. You're saying you, you consider racing a sports game? I I would yeah in some I could I could have fa- I could have failed you there then then I, then I might have failed you there so I I, I don't consider because when you say sports games I guess when I would think I, my mind would go straight to like football baseball Madden you know all all those things I don't know if I would think like oh yeah I think I think of racing as its own genre but you know what for the remainder of twenty questions let's just go ahead and put it in the scroll of twenty questions rules racing is now a sports game so when sports okay. genre okay we're, we're, we made that rule tonight with no one else here so that's 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 on us. Okay. That does help me narrow it down then. Uh, see, where I, where my mind goes after that, as far as racing games mm-hmm. that were on Nintendo 64, I want to think of F-Zero. Okay. But to my knowledge, that wasn't released. Mario Kart 64, Wave Race, Diddy Kong Racing. I'm coming back to Star Wars Pod Racer for some reason. So I guess I will ask... Is this game part of the Star Wars universe? Yes. 
Ah. By chance, good Sir William, are you in a racing pod from episode one? Yes. Is it Star Wars episode one pod racer? I mean, yeah, it is. It is. It's Star Wars episode one pod racer. Gotta Dude, love that was a I, good game. I love that game. I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm so happy that it's you and I here tonight on this podcast. Uh, but I, I did want Trevor to be here for this one because he always references this game and 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 talks about it a lot. I had this game, so fun memory with this game. Um, there there was a, and I know that a lot of people don't get this experience anymore, uh, if ever. But my I went to the I went to Walmart with my grandmother when I was like in the seventh grade uh, when this movie was coming out. And we went in, and Walmart had the big wall, and they had all the boxes, the Nintendo 64 boxes. And my grandfather had the Nintendo 64. I didn't even own it. And my grandmother, I was talking to her about Star Wars, and I saw the game. I was like, oh, my God, they have a racer. And my grandmother did something that, like, my parents never did. She never did, usually. She just looked up and said, well, let's get it for you. And that day, she reached in and bought Star Wars. And I don't know if you grew up like me, but people buying me video games was like, that never happened unless it was Christmas, birthday, and I had money on my own on my birthday. Christmas, I'd get like, you know, maybe one. I remember I got like uh, Donkey Kong Country one year, uh, as well as like Where's Waldo, because my parents like, oh, that'll be a fun game. He likes Where's Waldo books. That game sucked. Um, and uh, and Super Punch Out, which is another one I love. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. I love that game. Let me ask you then, because you hit on something that I apparently don't know. What else was that game released on? It was released on. Technically, you didn't ask the console uh, specific, which I'm glad you didn't, because it would have it would have uh, it would have thrown a wrench in it. It was released on Microsoft Windows and Nintendo 64 at the same time, May 18th, 1999. Oh. So you came okay. right under that 2000. It was released on Game Boy Color in December of 99, Mac in December of 99, Dreamcast April 2000, and then it came to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4. In June 23rd of 2020, and Xbox One, October 27th, 2020. So you mean to tell me that game is on Xbox One? That, that we can actually go play that game right now if we wanted to, and I'm sure there's multiplayer involved that we could race each other. And I think we should. I think it's like 20 bucks. I kind of want to. Yeah, we should. We should. We should just end this podcast and go do that. So I'm for it. Let's go, brother. Thanks for coming and hanging out tonight, man. Really uh, thanks appreciate. Thanks for having it. me. I really, love this. Really, really love, love the consistency, man. Listen, it was a great podcast. Listen, everybody, go see Batman. Okay, go see Batman. Uh, it's worth it three hours. And hey, go download Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer on uh, on Xbox One because you'll find Eric and I there. All right, Eric. Thanks for being here. We'll see everybody next time on the Four Plot Podcast. See you.